In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to us in this world and gives us the faith that we need in order to see the miraculous happenings that happen around us every day. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Helen Keller... You probably all know who she is. In fact, some of you have probably even told a few Helen Keller jokes, and you probably know that uh, the if you've ever played Apples to Apples, that Helen Keller is the trump card in Apples to Apples. And yet, even though she's that sort of figure now, really... Her person, her being, is nothing funny at all. It's, in fact, something extremely inspiring for us. You see, Helen Keller, she grew up without sight. She grew up without sound. She grew up with all of the, many of those things that we just take for granted every day. That we can go out into this world and that we can look out of those windows and we can see that rose blooming. We just take that for granted. That we can look around us and we can know what Adam Brink looks like. That we can look around us and that we can know that these chairs are all blue. And that we even have a category in our brain for what it means to be blue. Because if you were born without your sight like Helen Keller was, you wouldn't even have the category of blue. It would just be something that somebody said about something else, but you wouldn't be able to understand that because you had never seen the color blue, and you had never seen the color red, and you had never seen the color purple. You just know that that was something that you couldn't see, but that others could. Helen Keller became very famous because of the inspiring work that she was able to do in order to uh, overcome those challenges that she was born with. And in fact, she was so inspiring while she was still alive that uh, somebody interviewed her from a magazine and they asked her this uh, very specific question about how she would live her life if things had turned out differently or even if things could have turned out differently just for three days. They asked Helen Keller this question of, if you had only three days, but you had those three days of sight, how would you spend your days? And so she thought about it for a little while, and she said, well, I think the first thing that I would do is I would just spend my first day looking at all of my friends and seeing what they actually look like and then the second day I would just spend it out in nature and I would go out in nature and I would see all of the things that God has created and all of those amazing things that are right before us that so many of us take for granted every day and then I would just go to my home city of New York and I would spend a day just watching the people watching the city move the hustle and bustle the hustle and bustle that we here in Tallahassee probably get annoyed with, especially these days when it seems like you have to take a new route into FSU every morning. 
Those are all things that we can see and she couldn't. We can see what our friends look like. We can know their face and we can recognize them from far away and we can even recognize them when we see their pictures from high school and 8th grade and how ridiculous they looked then. And we can look out into nature and we can see all of those beautiful things that God has given us to see in nature. But oftentimes we just kind of walk past that. And we can look at the hustle and bustle, the, the humanity that surrounds us in this city. And yet, oftentimes we ignore all of that. That's really a lot like what's going on here in this gospel reading. Is that even though there's plenty to see in this gospel reading, it appears that the disciples are unable to see that. First of all, what you have happening is Jesus goes off into this desolate place so that he can pray and be alone because he's just heard that his cousin John the Baptist has been beheaded. And he needs some time by himself. But the crowds that are following him, they they don't see that. They don't see the anguish and the turmoil that's deep down inside of him. They just see somebody that they want to go and see, somebody who can heal their sick, somebody who can have compassion on them. And so they chase after him, not really even understanding the anguish that he has deep down inside and how often do we do that ourselves. Chasing after people and not understanding their anguish. Chasing after people and not understanding that they perhaps need healing from us. And so the story continues that Jesus, because he's Jesus and he loves us, has compassion on them and he goes and he heals them and he has compassion on them and he begins to teach them. And yet it gets late in the day and since they're out in that desolate place, there's nothing to eat there. It's not like they can go over to the local 7-Eleven or the local McDonald's and pick up a Happy Meal. They're in this desolate place where there's no food to be found except for uh, another gospel tells us there's this little boy and he has five loaves of bread and two fish. And there's over 5,000 people there. And so the disciples go to Jesus and they say, "Uh, we really can't see how we're going to feed all of these people with this amount of food. And Jesus says, you just don't see it. You don't see who I am. You don't see what I can do. And that's probably linked to how we don't see the things in our lives that he provides us with. How we have, most of us here, have the things that Helen Keller could only dream about. How we have our sight, our hearing, how we have this sense of touch, how we have this sense of smell. All of those things are gifts that most of the time we just kind of take for granted and we don't even really realize are there. And then we have this this amazing ability to eat food, which is exactly what Jesus is offering to these people. He's giving them this ability to taste this food and to be filled by it, which is something that we know so well, but yet we so often take for granted. So often we don't even recognize that that is God giving us food by His hand. 
Now, of course, in our lives, it's not like we come here to to church and we bring a can of corn with us and all of a sudden it turns into a seven-course meal. But God gives us the abilities that we have, the ways in which we can go out into this world and we can have the food that is on our table, that is in our pantries, that is available for us. If we just want to go out today after dinner and eat, we can hand somebody money and somehow miraculously that works. I can give you paper and you give me cheeseburger. If that's not a miracle, I don't know what is. But yet so often we don't see God being a part of that. Those first article gifts that we have, even down to the point that we can do this, and magically that makes things happen in our body so that we don't die within the next few seconds. But yet there's more gifts that God gives us. He gives us these things that are called second article gifts. After the second article of the creed, the article that's about forgiveness, that's about Jesus and what he does for us. Because Jesus, you see, he doesn't just feed us like he fed the 5,000, but he gives us something that's even greater than that. He gives us eternal life. And in order to do that, he had to die on a cross... He had to raise again from the dead miracles that are beyond comparison throughout our entire lives and we get to embrace those things. And yet so often we go about our lives and we do our usual sins, you know, those sins that you seem to do every day or every week or whenever that situation presents itself, you say, well, okay, I'll give in to that temptation. So... Jesus gives us those gifts as well. Even though we probably don't deserve them. He gives us that forgiveness. And he gives us third article gifts as well. He gives us these gifts that come through the Holy Spirit. These gifts that come as a part of living out the renewal and the life that we have in Jesus Christ. He gives us these gifts that we have to go out into the world and to not just keep our food for ourselves, but in fact to share it. And to not just keep our forgiveness to ourselves, but to go out and share it. And these gifts that so often we ignore. In fact, probably the most ignored gift that we have because we realize that we eat. And if we really think about it, and we really think about who God is, we realize that what we eat comes from Him. And we realize that we sin and that we need forgiveness, and we realize that we need His forgiveness. But oftentimes it's those third article gifts, those gifts that come through His Holy Spirit that we ignore the most. Because those are the gifts that, well sometimes make us a little bit uncomfortable. Those are the gifts that require us and gift us with the ability to go out and to do things in His name. Those are the gifts that allow us to go out into this world and to share our food. Those are the gifts that allow us to go out into this world and to forgive other people. Those are the gifts that allow us to go out into the world and to do things not in our name, but in His name. And yet, 
those are the ones that we seem to ignore a lot. And when we ignore those things, we find ourselves in the midst of sin, and things look like we can't get out of them. We're stuck in that place just like the disciples are, looking at those five loaves and those two fish and going, how are we going to make this work? There's 5,000 people out there, plus women and children. And our lives begin to look cramped, and they begin to look like we don't have enough, and so we begin to hoard it all for ourselves, and we begin to sin because we need that stuff. We need those five loaves. We need those two fish. Nobody else is going to give them to us. What's going to happen? And Jesus comes in, and He gives us an overflow of all of those gifts. He says, I'm going to give you more food than what you really need to eat. In fact, some of you know that very well if you're trying to lose some weight. And he says, I'm going to give you more than enough money than what you really need to exist. I'm going to give you more than enough of all of those first article things. I'm going to give you more than enough air to breathe. I'm going to give you more than enough, you name it. And then he gives us more than enough of those third article gifts. More than enough of the opportunities that we have to go out into this world and to proclaim his name, to proclaim the forgiveness that he's given to us and that we can give to other people. To live out this experience of being Christian, he gives us more than enough opportunities to do that. And yet, because he knows who we are, Probably the most important overflowing gift that He has ever given us and ever will is this gift of His love, of His compassion, this gift that He gives us of His forgiveness, one for us on a cross, so that we can really see what's going on every time we sin but every time we receive a gift as well. Amen.